Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. So, Mercedes led another 1-2 in qualifying for the British Grand Prix, with Lewis Hamilton taking his 7th F1 career pole at his home race. But it wasn't quite that simple, as Hamilton spun in Q2 and caused a red flag, with Bottas leading the way in the opening phases of qualifying. But the world champion hit back when it massed in Q3, and he will start from pole for the third race out of fourth so far this season, and the third in a row. Behind the Mercedes drivers came Max Verstappen, but he was over a second slower than Hamilton and clear in his understanding that his rivals are very far clear right now. Charles Leclerc gave Ferrari some encouragement with fourth, his best qualifying result of 2020 so far. And Lando Norris was again sensational, taking fifth for McLaren ahead of Racing Point's Lance Stroll, whose new teammate Nico Hülkenberg was knocked out in Q2, as was Alex Albon in the other Red Bull, and Hülkenberg will start his F1 race return from 13th on the grid, one spot behind Albon. Joining me for tonight's bite-sized podcast is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith, who has just made us a delicious curry to enjoy in our Airbnb in Toaster after another long but enjoyable day at the track. So Luke, I'm going to throw to you with a big and important question first of all. How would you rate your creation in that curry? 8 out of 10, I think. I think I was not too bad. Um, room for improvement, as always. But uh, yeah, we'll have many more races, I'm sure, where I, where I can whip something up. But yeah, I, I mean, how did you think it was? That's well, the main I, mean, thing. I think you're being a bit harsh on yourself there, to be honest. Okay. That, was, that, was, that was pretty spot on. I, know. I am very, I am very, very, very... Bad. 
very content to, cool. to put it mildly. But you have made a bit of a face error by saying that you enjoy cooking. Damn it. In which case, I'm just going to make you do all the cooking. Oh, sorry. No, let you do all the cooking <laughs> because you enjoy it so much. But there we go. Right. Well, let's get on with it. Uh, sorry to the listeners hearing about our eating habits. Um, Lewis Hamilton, spin, then win, pole, pole position. Obviously, he hasn't won the race yet. Um, it was it was quite dramatic, actually, what happened to him in Q2, spinning as he came out of Luffield uh, while he was running on the medium tyres. So, um what caused it? What, 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 what was he? What was his problem there? So he was just struggling with the balance of the car, like right the way through qualifying. He said it was really, really difficult, and um, said after uh, Friday's running that they weren't entirely happy with how, how the car was set up. Obviously, quite a difficult day for Mercedes, and he said they made a, a couple of changes, but it seems to make it a little bit worse and a little bit more skittish at points. So uh, yeah, that definitely left him on the back foot entering qualifying. But he managed to get it all together and hook it up in the end. Obviously, had that mistake in Q2. Uh, said it was the hardest turnaround to try and come back from that and sort of regain his confidence and uh, really just hook everything up for the for the final runs in Q3. But he emphatically managed to do that and uh, really sort of bounce back and swing the momentum back his way because uh, up until the start of Q3, it really looked like it was going to be Valtteri Bottas who took pole position. Yeah, it did look like this was just one of those weekends where Bottas was just completely on it. And no matter what Hamilton did, it was just, he was just second fiddle. But he just completely turned it around in Q3. It was quite interesting saying after he had that spin, he was insisting that the tyres were fine and that he could carry on. He was like, well, hang on a minute, Lewis, you have put you have put them through quite a bit there. But I think perhaps even if he had gone on, because obviously those were the tyres that he would have started the race on. In actual fact, with the red flag, he changed uh, to a new set of mediums and those are what he would start the race on. But yeah, I think even if he had used that original set, I think Mercedes would have been applied and sort of some sort of force majeure you know let's let's change them these are that these are damaged sort of thing but yeah as you say luke q3 turned it on rocketed to pole position actually set two laps good enough for pole position because bottas matched him but uh, obviously hamilton set his first run first so would have taken pole in any case um but let's let's stay with bottas i mean it's 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 quite a quite a damning defeat early in the weekend when it had been looking so good for him so can he bounce back in the race tomorrow i think he really needs to try and make a statement in the race because we've had uh, obviously the last two weekends suffered pretty big defeats at the hands of lewis hamilton and uh, after building up so much good momentum with that first win in austria we really sort of thought okay is this bottas 3.0 has been has been banded about so much but it was i think particularly in hungary where he was so far off the pace compared to hamilton had that mistake at the start as well he he needs to bounce back and kind of looking at qualifying as it was going through you're thinking okay yeah, bottas is gonna strike back here real chance to build some momentum back up and let's get the sort of tight race a bit closer just in terms of how much momentum they're building um and then it just all faded away in the final stage and um, bottas said he was having struggles with the rear end of his car found it was sliding around a little bit and uh, yeah that allowed lewis to take pole position and again bottas like he he had a good qualifying but good is not good enough when you're up against lewis hamilton so uh yeah tomorrow i think he really needs to try and take the fight to his teammate otherwise it's uh, gonna be uh, a sort of bleaker looking picture uh, in the championship definitely and it already looks pretty bleak for red bull max verstappen you know very good ending up in third place but he was a second behind hamilton i mean the gap is just absolutely he's like uh, dave robson uh, Williams, you know, it's, it's, it's almost outrageous how fast ahead um, um, a Mercedes are. And yeah, he's, you know, he, he's there in third place, but, you know, he's, he's just so far off. It's, it's, it really is, unless, unless something really dramatic happens overnight or at the start of the race, 
it's going to be a two-horse race for the two Mercedes drivers. Um, but yeah, what did you make from from Verstappen today? It was interesting. I asked him in the press conference because he was he looked quite good in practice. Or Red Bull looked good in practice. Albon was quick in FB2. Verstappen matched Bottas on the long runs. Um, and then obviously the temperatures came away. And Mercedes seemed to be that much happier. So I said, well, is you know, is it a case that Red Bull is just better in the hot conditions? And he he still was like, no, I'd have still been third. They're just so much faster. So probably a, a lonely race then for Verstappen tomorrow. Yeah, it's looking that way right now. I mean, we kind of talk about the the class A and class B in F1, and right now it seems like class A is the two Mercedes and then Verstappen sort of hanging just on in there um, and I think third is kind of that's just where he's going to be for probably most of the season to be honest like it'll take something dramatic to get him into those top two positions uh, a bit like we saw in Hungary when Bottas had his terrible start and obviously then couldn't pass him towards the end of the race uh, but otherwise like it's it's impossible to see Red Bull like bridging that gap like a second in dry conditions it's just like that's that you don't make that up it's as simple as that so yeah it's not looking good for Red Bull in terms of any hopes of winning races or a championship or anything like that at all this year Um, Verstappen but he said look we just do what we can he said if I can try and follow the Mercedes cars for a bit tomorrow that will be sort of good enough and yeah it's a bit of a damning picture because I think we always want to see Red Bull and Verstappen doing well we want to see them putting pressure on the Mercs but right now it's just it just isn't possible frankly well at the very least when Mercedes are waltzing off into the distance uh, hopefully they can put on a show as they did in the early stages of the same track last year that was that tremendous battle mm. between Bottas and Hamilton so hopefully we'll see something similar tomorrow and may it last the entire race and that'll be very entertaining <laughs> fingers crossed well behind the behind the top three came Charles Leclerc actually a sort of a sort of under the radar performance this really he's sort of he's been quite quietly impressive all the way through the weekend showed great speed in FP3 at one point he was he was actually matched Hamilton through two sectors and then sort of seemed to lose it in, in, in sector three and um, but you know really looking stronger than the, than the previous rounds this is his, his and Ferrari's best qualifying of the season so impressed by Leclerc very much so yeah I think uh, Charles has been in good form so far this season as terrible as Ferrari have been I think he's he's really sort of been their leading light so far well, apart um, from the, uh, the, uh, the incident the incident in the second yes. Austria race. Um, and uh, but I mean first race in Austria I mean that was an amazing charge to second and uh, yeah like he said on Friday that they really rolled the dice with their downforce levels they've really trimmed that car out I think just to try and make up for this obviously massive straight line speed deficit that they've got um, but it's worse and he said that over the qualifying runs and the short runs even in practice he was really happy um, very very good in qualifying as well only a tenth off of Stappen like he could have nabbed third which would have been a huge result but looking into the race like he said they were struggling uh, struggling massively I believe were the words he used uh, describing Friday's long run pace on Friday so uh, that doesn't bode so well for the race but we'll see like it'll be interesting to see if he can even just head that midfield battle and keep the the likes of uh, Norris and and uh, Stroll and Co behind him Absolutely, yeah. I looked at the long run averages last night for my uh, my feature on autosport.com plus and Ferrari were horrible on both of the, the tyres that they tried, the uh, the soft and the medium on the long runs. They were like, really bad compared to their rivals. So fingers crossed for them, it was the heat and that things will be better for them or otherwise it's going to be very, very difficult. But uh, Sebastian Vettel in the other car did not have a good day. He, he will start in 10th place um, because he lost his, his faster second run in Q3 for, for running wide at Cops, but just generally does not seem as happy as Leclerc in that Ferrari right now no he doesn't and uh, it's been a yeah difficult start to the year for him he was solid in Hungary but again like I think I was more down to strategy more than anything that he was able to to beat Leclerc as he did I, w- I would argue that the strategy seemed to screw Leclerc more 
but I think Vettel was was better. Okay. Just, just I think I just think he he was he was. Did he score he higher in your driver ratings? He, I think he did. Okay. Actually, I'll be honest. I'm so it's been such a long day. It's only two weeks and so I can't actually remember. But I, I think he did. Yeah. Fair, fair. I'll take your word for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the track limits they've been clamped down on for this weekend. I mean, all the drivers knew that going into it. Um, so for Vettel to lose his lap, I mean, that's yeah a bit difficult. Uh, he was actually four tenths of a second slower in Q3 than he was in 2018, uh, which is a, a pretty damning sort of proof of just where Ferrari are right now and how much they are struggling um, yeah but he's clearly not as happy as he is uh, as Leclerc is with that Ferrari right now it's very very clear to see um, but yeah I think he's just he's very matter of fact about things right now I think he'll just say well look we'll just deal with it as we can and uh, I think uh, yeah getting into the thick of that midfield fight might be uh, quite interesting for him tomorrow yeah he's got nothing to lose by saying, uh, calling it how it is at Ferrari <laughs> things he's on his way out although must remember Alain Prost and uh, getting fired if, uh, for criticising in the car in the past let's go on to another star of qualifying which is Lando Norris and McLaren again very very strong we've seen some really good qualifying performances from both McLaren drivers it must be said science particularly in the Styrian Grand Prix and qualifying in the wet there uh, but Norris he said that um, you know he was on the verge of getting knocked out in Q1 he was P15 you know just one spot above uh, getting getting uh, getting ousted in, in Q1 so he was overdriving in the early segments in Q1 and Q2 stopped doing that actually just just reined it back a little bit it was very windy out there. You know, you look at the early corners in the lap, turns three, turn four, and actually just across just across from there geographically is where Maggots and Beckett's are. And there were some amazing saves. Uh, Charles Leclerc, if you go on Twitter, I think he's tweeted that. He had a big save there today. Lewis Hamilton in FP3 and Sebastian Vettel as well. So it was really, really tough for the drivers. But yeah, Norris was just like, right, yeah, it's going to rain it back a little bit and it'll come to me and it did and I think it did very well there um, and Carlos Sainz as well solid in seventh so what do we make in McLaren what do we think they could uh, potentially do tomorrow I think they've got to be pretty pleased with that result I think that they can again look at this sort of head of the midfield fight can we get I guess fourth has really got to be the aim uh, to follow home the Mercedes and Verstappen, um, and I think they're in they're in a good spot to do that. I mean, we've seen this car is is good over one lap, it's good in the long run pace as well. Um, I think yeah, Lando, a brilliant display from him today to just have that awareness to go look. I'm overdriving. Let's rein it in a little bit and just see what the benefits are. And I mean, that's what Charles Leclerc did through um, his first year both at Sauber and at Ferrari last year. Like he was always sort of being very reflective in terms of am I pushing too much? Should I make tweaks here? And there instead of sort of I guess um, just banging your head against the wall trying to make the same mistake over and over um, so yeah I mean brilliant display from Lando I think that's really really cool um, for, for your home Grand Prix to be qualifying in the top five and uh, yeah I think McLaren they should be looking at that uh, midfield fight and thinking well if Ferrari is struggling as much as they are in the long runs then surely for us to head that midfield that's there for the taking it is I think one thing that they are going to be struggling with is that they actually have to start on the softs and Leclerc doesn't nor do both Mercedes Verstappen and Lance Stroll who is behind Norris because they all got through Q2 on the medium so that gives them an advantage but as you say Luke it'd be very interesting to see what happens with Ferrari because they were just so bad on Friday in the long run stuff um, but yeah let's, let's come on to Lance Stroll pretty underwhelming you have to say to be beaten by Norris and Leclerc considering where what we know to be the pace of that racing point okay it doesn't look quite like the rocket ship that it was in Hungary but I still think he should have been potentially even troubling Verstappen for P3 
Agreed, yeah. And I mean, he was lucky to actually get even that far. Um, he finished 10th in Q2 and him and Pierre Gasly set identical lap times. So had he uh, had Gasly not set his time after Stroll, Stroll would have been knocked out. And like, that's that's just not good for a driver who has spent so long in this car and we know how quick this car is. And uh, yeah, they're not as strong as they were in Hungary, fine. But they should they should still be comfortably leading that midfield. Like they really, really should be um, and getting a bit closer to Verstappen, as you rightly say. So, so yeah, I think to be sixth on the grid, like for Stroll, that is, that is pretty disappointing. Um, Stein on the mediums, I think that will work in his favour, certainly, as, as you say. But I think that he's really got to just I just hook things up a little bit more. Like we saw in Hungary that he he can do it. Like he was brilliant in Hungary, qualifying third, finishing fourth. Um, this weekend, yeah, you were expecting something similar again, not to be scraping through to Q3 and um, then being firmly middle of the road. I don't think we want to be being too harsh on Alex Albon considering his sort of experience level, A, in Formula 1 full stop and B, in a top running car like, like the Red Bull. But... It's just, it's just starting to snowball for him now. It's really, it's really not going his way at all. And that crash in FP2 eerily reminded me a little bit of Pierre Gasly, that crash at, the, at, uh, at Hockenheim last year. You know, he just needs that. He needs something to go his way. And and I, and I do want that to happen. You know, you, you, you've got to be objective about these things, but he's a lovely bloke, Alex Albon. Um, and he just, again, like he had a lot to bounce back from with that crash. Then he missed almost all of FP3 because uh, Red Bull were changing the, uh, the uh, energy store and the electronics on the car. Um, and he, yeah, he just ne- never came to him. He's going to be starting 12th, but... It's, it's starting to look pretty bad for Albon. It is, yeah. And it, as you say, like he's a lovely guy and he's he really sort of took to the Red Bull so well last year, just very chilled out, very cool about everything. And I think that kind of boded well to be, okay, it's not going to be a repeat of Pierre Gasly's struggles. Um, but someone said um, today, like, but even Gasly last year at Silverstone, like that was his best race. Like he was really on it and sound. And Albon has really, really struggled here. And yeah, he was obviously unfortunate um, being missing so much of practice. I mean, that's never going to help. Um, and then in Q2, I mean, he was only four tenths slower than Verstappen. But Verstappen had, uh, what, one run on the medium compound tyre. Albon had two runs on softs and still couldn't match Verstappen. And ultimately, that that four tenths for second that was that was nine positions, I believe, of difference. So it was, it was a huge, huge swing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that Red Bull, like we know, we know it's like it's not an amazing car. Like it's not like the Red Bulls of old. It's difficult to drive. That's that's mm. really the the key thing. It's really hard to drive. But Verstappen is of such another level. Yeah, he seems to be able to cope with it better. But still, not all the time. Like even in testing, he was off the road as much as Albon was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but they've got to, I guess, work with him and obviously they're making changes um, Simon Rennie coming back in to be Albon's race engineer um, and sort of make these make these tweaks and it's but the more sort of changes they make there's got to be the results and there's got to be the payback and for Albon I mean what two races in a row not making it through to Q3 in a Red Bull that that's just not good enough frankly Indeed. Well, interesting to see how Albon can recover in the race tomorrow. And another driver who a few days ago did not think he'd be taking part in this race, Nico Hulkenberg, will start 13th. Pretty respectable, you've got to say, considering, you know, I mean, like, yeah, he raced for, for Force India, which has since become Racing Point for many, many years. But he, he you know, previously he'd been driving the Renault, so he would have been used to all of those systems. It was interesting hearing uh, some of the other drivers were asked about it in their press conferences today. You know, what what's, what's the real challenge for him to going in? And they were just like, well, it's just getting used to, a, a, 
you know, a new system again, new steering wheel, you know, various engine mode settings, things like that. Racing Point will be disappointed because they know how, how fast that car is. And unfortunately, you know, it's another opportunity to get a, a, a glittering result, a podium, whatever. It looks like, you know, with at least one car, it's going to be very, very difficult tomorrow with Hulkenberg. But yeah, I think, I think, I think you should be, should be pretty pleased with that considering, uh, considering the week he's had. Certainly, yeah. And you look at some of the sort of drivers who've been last minute standings in the past and that they've kind of got up to speed, but they've not been anywhere near their teammate. I mean, you think about um, when Paul DeRest obviously had that very late standing at Williams in 2017 in Hungary. Um, Heike Kovalainen, when he stepped in for uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Lotus back in uh, 2013, I want to say. that, uh, But they were they just didn't have the pace of their teammate. Like They were a long way off. Hulkenberg, okay, he may be, what, seven positions behind Stroll but there was six hundredths of a second between them in Q2 he was very close it was a very very tight midfield um, Albon's uh, drop out I mean that is that's evidence of just how close it was and uh, yeah I think really he's got to be pretty chuffed given that what 48 hours ago he was not I mean, we were just reporting that he might be a consideration and might be in there. Um, he was on a private plane getting to the team saying, well, what's going on? Like, what am I doing? Um, so I think he's got to be pretty pleased with that. And yeah, if he can get in there and pick up some points, that'd be really, really good footing, I think, um, if he's required next weekend as well at Silverstone. I think just to, yeah, get some points under his belt, build some confidence and see what that car can do in the race. Absolutely. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Obviously, he does have, a, starting outside the top 10, has the advantage because and start on those medium tyres so maybe you can get amongst the runners um, you know there were five drivers uh, that, that will be starting on the softs in the top 10 so yeah interesting to see how Hulkenberg gets on well let's end with uh, with George Russell at Williams we, we've often talked about him in our bite size qualifying programme because uh, for the third race in a row he made it through to Q2 brilliantly but yet on this one, it comes with a down note because he's lost five positions for failing to slow for yellow flags. He was actually his teammate, Nicholas Latifi, spinning at Luffield, which was also where Hamilton went off later in the session. So great for Russell again, but that's, that's that sort of error that you know an F1 driver really can't afford to be making. Yeah, it is true. And I believe that his first time in Q1 as well would actually have still been good enough to get him through to the second stage. So, uh, yeah, and it comes with experience, really. And ultimately, he was he was very quick to come on the radio and say, uh, look, I lifted off. You'll see on, on the throttle trace, like, I, was, I lifted off and I backed off to respect those yellow flags. But he still set his fastest time on that lap, which obviously is, that's that's not that's not allowed simply uh, it was double wave yellows as well not just a single so again that is another uh, black mark against him um williams didn't inform him that it was a double yellow flag they said there's yellows ahead um and uh, yeah the fis was were pretty clear that there was no there was no real excuse for it that ultimately you shouldn't just assume there's a single you should be ready to stop at, under as per a double yellow flag and uh yeah they, they just said that it's a five-place penalty. That drops him to the back of the grid. Um, disappointing because, yeah, he wanted to, again, as he did in uh, in uh, for the Styrian Grand Prix and in Hungary, qualify high and then be able to just get in that sort of midfield race pack, going wheel-to-wheel with other drivers. That's what he needs right now to really sort of, I guess, further those sort of uh, racing skills. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, being stuck at the back of the grid, it's uh, not not what he wanted for, for his home race. Yeah, it's interesting. I spoke to him for uh, in a, a one-to-one interview on Thursday. It was just interesting talking about various things was, was was indeed that, you know, racing in the pack. He just hasn't had that much experience in F1. Obviously, 
a lot in the junior categories. But yeah, he was very keen. He was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lean on that and say, you know, that, you know, that's the reason for, for my struggles or whatever, but just something interesting to consider with Russell there. Well, Luke, I think we'll wrap things up there. It's getting rather late and we've, uh, you know, we've got another long day ahead of us. So thank you for coming on and thanks to everybody for listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.